Camille. Are you tired of paying high prices? You interested in a little high-class podcasting? You want a bargain? Tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to get a free podcast because, well, most podcasts are free. I think I kind of lost the analogy here. <laughs> We're talking about the freezer today. Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome back to the Ricardo Project, the podcast where we watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. My name is Dana, and I'm so excited to talk about today's episode, season one, episode 29, The Freezer, which premiered on April 28th, 1952, 70 years ago to today. So here's what happens in The Freezer. We start in our very favorite location, the Ricardo Kitchen. Lucy gives Ricky his breakfast, which consists of two eggs. But of course, instead of being grateful that he has someone to make him his breakfast, he loses it over the fact that there's no bacon. And Lucy, finance wizard that she is, says they're not having bacon because it's 75 cents a pound. And she suggests that the solution is to buy a home freezer and buy meat wholesale. But Ricky says no, because he's the least fun person ever sometimes. He leaves. And we get my favorite little side moment, maybe ever, where the toaster shoots out the toast. And you know how Lucy always catches it? Well, this time she misses it. This was definitely not choreographed, in my opinion. We've talked before about how I Love Lucy treated it like a play all the time whenever they filmed. And so we know that they never reshot an, uh, a scene if they didn't have to. So this is, to me, a blooper. And it makes me very happy. She just picks up the toast, blows on it, and goes ahead and eats it. She's got to keep going. So I love any moment where they treat the show like it's a play and let these goofs stay in the final cut. We saw this last week, too, with Ricky. So fun. Ethel comes in, and she starts eating Ricky's breakfast without even asking, which is a power move, and I live for it. It turns out that Ethel asked Fred for a freezer as well. And I mean, these girls are sharing a brain, I swear. So before we can get into the meat of the episode, pun absolutely intended, Chekhov's Mertz comes in when Fred quickly warns the ladies not to expect any heat for a few days because he rebricked the furnace, and it's out of commission while the cement dries. And this will a thousand percent come back later. Anyway, back to the ladies. So <laughs> Ethel remembers her uncle Oscar, who is a butcher and retiring and lives in New York City. And she thinks that they can get the big freezer that he has at his butcher shop for very cheap and they can put it in the basement and they'll share it. And so she calls him and what do you know? He'll give it to them for free this afternoon. So Lucy, celebratorily, immediately calls the butcher to order meat wholesale so they can fill the freezer and start saving money. And she's told that beef is 69 cents a pound, but that's the price by the side. Uh, and she's not sure what that means, but like how much could it really possibly be? So she orders two sides, one for her, one for Ethel. Super considerate. So, of course, the ladies decide to celebrate how much money they're saving by buying new dresses. And when they get back, the meat people show up. And it's it's just, it's so much meat. <laughs> the meat guys actually say, after filling the kitchen full of like wrapped butcher packages, he says, Lady, this is only the beginning. And they find out by looking at their invoice that they're getting 700 pounds of meat, which is $483 worth of meat. And they immediately begin to freak out. They can't return it. 
Ricky and Fred are going to lose it. I mean, they are really in a pickle. (laughs) Lucy suggests going to the butcher and selling it to people in line for 79 cents a pound because she is an entrepreneur. And of course, because this is I Love Lucy and not Ethel's everyday normal person decisions, they go with Lucy's idea and they go to the butcher shop with a baby carriage full of meat. And Lucy is dressed like the 1950s housewife version of a mafia fence. I know that's a specific image, but if you saw her outfit, you'd know I was right. She's acting like a car salesman slash mobster. She even has like a half accent or a half cent, if you will. Here's here's the image (laughs) to put in your head for this. Like if she was wearing a coat, she would open it to reveal the cuts of meat like when, you know, like in every other movie about the city where the guy has knockoff watches taped to the inside of his coat. You know what I mean? Anyway, I live for this performance in this scene. (laughs) She's got this speech memorized, which is so funny. She doesn't split from it for a second. She sells to these two women until she's caught by the butcher and they like run out. I mean, the plan is completely foiled. So the next scene is just them running meat into the freezer. We know she sold at least three pounds at the butcher store. So we're thinking at least, you know, at maximum 697 pounds of meat. But like, come on. Um, So they've got a chair propping the door open. And when they're finally done with the meat, Lucy sits in the chair to relax. And she pulls it out of the door and the door closes on Ethel and Ethel is locked in which is the second appearance of Chekhov's Mertz this episode. Of course, this Mertz is Ethel, not Fred, because now we know that the lock needs to be taken off or you can't open it from the inside. Foreshadowing. So the girls head back to the Ricardo apartment because they hear the boys through the furnace pipe. And what do you know? Fred ran into Uncle Oscar today, and the boys are actually very pleased with the ladies for getting the freezer. So all this happened in one day. They bought a freezer. They got it installed. They got 700 pounds of meat. They bought new dresses. They sold it at the butcher store. They filled the freezer. This is a very busy day for these ladies. So Fred and Ricky think this was like a really good business idea to get this free freezer. And they bought them 30 pounds of meat to celebrate. And simple, foolish Ricky, he's like so cute. He thinks this is an ungodly amount of meat, and he's very pleased, not knowing what lies beneath. So Lucy, Lucy, (laughs) Lucy is the um, couple name of Lucy and Ethel. Uh, Lucy tells Ethel (laughs) to stall the boys while she moves everything out of the freezer, and since the boys want to see it and put their little meat scraps in there, and In an ingenious move, she suggests that the way to keep the boys upstairs is if Ethel will ask Ricky to sing. She has a great line where she says, you take care of the ham, I'll take care of the beef. Ethel doesn't think it's going to work. She tries other things, but she just finally gives in and she asks Ricky to sing. And it works like a damn charm. I love that Ricky has an ego like this. I'll get to this a little bit more in my reaction. So Ethel asks Ricky to sing anything with a lot of choruses, and she plays the adoring fan while Lucy's in the freezer pulling a ton of meat out. She throws it into the furnace, since we know it's off, which is actually a really good idea because it's right next to the freezer. So we keep cutting back and forth to Ricky singing the world's loveliest but most repetitive song, and you can tell that Ethel is kind of over it, but she's smiling as long as possible, like... She doesn't even notice that the song is over for a second. Like, she's 
she's completely disassociating from from what Ricky's doing and just trying to keep time going. And then we'll see Lucy looking exhausted from carrying all that meat. Like, at one point, she's so over it, she just, like, throws a wrapped steak over the furnace. Doesn't even go in. And then it happens. She locks herself in the freezer. And we cut to commercial, which is sitcom language for time is about to pass. And when we come back, uh, an indeterminate amount of time has passed. And Ethel is in the basement with the boys, and she's calling for Lucy. And... They get to the freezer and Lucy pops up and she's all frozen. She has icicles hanging from her chin like a beard and big frozen tears on her face. It's so sad and it's so absurd. And this is one of the most iconic images from I Love Lucy. Like this is one of the ones they put on stamps and they put on um, tons of merch. It's, It's so fun to see it come up. So the gang can't let Lucy out of the freezer because she has the key with her inside and she starts crying and Ricky has to figure out a way to pantomime instructions because they can't, she can't hear them. Um, And one of his instructions is to just like aggressively fake cry and then go, don't, to tell her not to cry. Um, Finally, Lucy just lays against the wall and when Fred pries the door open with a crowbar, she is stiff as a board. And they carry her upstairs, and they put her in an electric blanket, and they give her hot soup to help her defrost. And then they all notice that there's a delicious smell in the air. And that's because Fred has lit the furnace with all the meat inside. Lucy yells, unplug me, and she runs to the door, tearfully telling the gang to follow her to the biggest barbecue in the whole world. Fini. End of episode. So I know this might sound weird considering that it's about a woman getting locked in a freezer and turning into basically a giant popsicle person. But this episode is delightfully simple. Comedically, it uses very few conventions to make something that is ultimately very funny. So mostly they're using repetition as a comedic technique. And you can see that in lots of different ways, like from the amount of people just consistently coming into the kitchen with handfuls of meat to illustrate the volume they've ordered, to the mirroring of Ricky and Lucy when he's trying to instruct her in the freezer, and of course, my favorite, that butcher shop scene. Lucy has one script, and she's constantly licking her fingers and slapping her hands like she's a clapping emoji come to life. It's so funny, and it's really not doing much, you know? But there is, like, like they just wrote... Like, they just wrote one, like, little mini script and then just kind of copy and pasted it, you know? But there's a lot of comic theory that talks about this repetition as a useful comedic tool because psychologically, we crave recognizable things. Like, that's why so many comics have catchphrases, because psychologically, there's a comfort there. Chaos has to be used super sparingly because it can overwhelm us. But something like a simple repeated gesture or the repeating of the speech in the butcher shop are so funny because we begin as an audience to wait for and to look forward to the recurrence. And it's a really great tool that they use multiple times in this episode. And I think it just goes to show how you really don't have to overcomplicate your jokes to make them super good. One other thing that I mentioned briefly earlier and I want to touch on again here is I love that Ricky is blatantly called a ham in this episode. 
Because think about it. Desi Arnaz was the president of the production studio that made I Love Lucy, and he was very quickly establishing himself as a pioneer in the field, as one of the smartest, most capable producers in television. He innovated so many things that are still used today. And on his show, and yes, I know it's Lucy's show, but behind the scenes, this was in many ways Desi Arnaz's show. He was ready and willing for his conduit character, the person who represented him to the masses, to be portrayed as an easily manipulated egoist. And this happens over and over in the series. And I know it's a small thing, but it just really added another layer of respect to Desi for me. And I mean, maybe all of this is to say that I'm still riding the high of last week's thirst trap with that deep V-neck shirt. Again, I'm only a human woman. Okay, time for some historical notes. Quite a few this episode, actually. So in line with what I was just saying about Desi Arnaz, this is the first episode where he's actually credited as executive producer. Um, he was very involved in production from the from the beginning, but this is his first episode with a credit, which kind of makes how much they make fun of Ricky even more special to me. But again, this could just be me with my God, Desi Arnaz's sexy blinders on. This is also the first of three times that Lucy will wear the dress she wears in the Vita Mita Vegemin commercial. Um, she'll wear it in the very next episode for Vita Mita Vegemin, and then she'll wear it a little bit later. Um, and this was just a dress that was bought off the rack at a lo- local clothing store, and years later she gave it to a friend of hers to sew into doll's clothes. So that dress doesn't even exist anymore, which is kind of sad. Although very sweet. <laughs> and Like very sweet and... Um, I don't know, just loving of Lucy to give her friend that dress. Anyway, we have a lot of repeat guest stars in this episode. First of all, Barbara Pepper, we get to see her again. She was um, on the shortlist to play Ethel Mertz. We talked about her a little bit in Breaking the Lease. She was on the shortlist to play Ethel Mertz, but she was quite the alcoholic at the time and um, was considered kind of a liability to be cast. So she had nine appearances on I Love Lucy. I believe this is her second after Breaking the Lease. She was one of the customers in the butcher shop. The other customer in the butcher shop was played by Kay Wiley, who appeared four times. And we'll see her most uh, prominently in the episode where Lucy and Ethel pretend to be uh, aliens on top of the Empire State Building. (laughs) So she has some more iconic moments coming up. The butcher was played by Fred Aldrich, and he... um, was in Abbott and Costello in Hollywood with Lucy, which we talked about that a little bit, I believe, when we talked about um, Slowly I Turned in the ballet. But this is the first of five appearances for him on I Love Lucy. Um, And then we have Frank Sully, who makes his only uh, appearance on the series, but he had done a bunch of movies with Lucille Ball in the 30s and early 40s. Another meat delivery man was um, played by Bennett Green, who was Desi's camera and lighting stand. And so we've talked about Hazel Pierce, Lucy standing quite a bit, but Bennett Green was in there. Um, and now, if you'll indulge me briefly, we're going to enter Dana's Currency Corner, which is basically just where I do a bunch of inflation calculation. So there's a lot of talk about money and economizing and financials. And if you're prepared to be just slightly depressed with me about inflation... Because, I don't know, these numbers just don't, these are crazy. So bacon is 75 cents a pound, which would be in today's money $8.14. 
Later, they say, oh, it's only 69 cents a pound um, to buy it by the side. And Ethel remarks that that's very exciting because steak is $1.89 right now. So if they bought all this for 69 cents a pound, they would buy it for $7.49 a pound. And steak would be $20.51 a pound. So... (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame them for economizing, but still $7.49 is an insane amount of money to spend on meat. Or maybe it's not. I'm actually, I've been a vegetarian for the last few years, so I honestly don't remember how much meat costs. But that sounds extreme to me, right? Like, that's extreme. Anyway, they pay $50 to haul and install the freezer, which is about $500. And for that giant freezer, yeah, that's fair. They spent $443 on the 700 pounds of meat which is $5,240.17. And honestly, to me, like, again, I haven't bought meat in years, so what do I know? But to me, like, that actually, that's, I mean, 700 pounds of meat, that's a lot of meat. I mean, that's like, I don't know. Is that, I don't know. (laughs) To me, me that seems like, wow, okay, but you're going to, you know, that's like all the meat you'll need for a long time. It's still expensive, I'm sure. I mean, I can't spend $5,000 on basically anything, so maybe I'm crazy. But I just was like, oh, I guess that that it felt like more of a deal to me to hear it in one lump sum than it did to hear the, the per pound price. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining me in Dana's Currency Corner. Next week, oh, baby, we are talking about, I think, probably uh, the most important episode in the series – the episode that took I Love Lucy from being the most popular show in, on television to being the most iconic show on television, probably the episode that started that, we're talking about Lucy does a TV commercial. And here's the logline for that, not that you need it. Ricky needs a girl to act in a commercial for his television debut, and Lucy immediately volunteers, but Ricky denies her. And Lucy goes to set anyway, and she ends up in the sponsor's Vitamita Vegemin Health Tonic commercial. I can't freaking wait. For as important as this episode is, I have only seen it a handful of times. It wasn't on my tapes as a kid. I obviously am very, very familiar with the Vitamita Vegemin portion of the episode, but that's not, that's maybe half of it. So I'm really excited to see the rest of it. I'm excited to talk about it. Oh my God, I'm just so excited. What an insane. I can't believe that we've been with this now for 30 episodes. Now we get to talk about something so important. So with that, I will leave you here and I will see you next week. We're going to talk about Lucy does a TV commercial and vitamin to vegemin. Thank you so much for listening to the Ricardo project. It means more to me than, you know, if you'd like to get in touch for any reason whatsoever, I would be honored to hear from you. You can reach me on Instagram at the Ricardo project on Twitter at Ricardo underscore project and by email at the Ricardo project at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast and telling a friend about it. These are the absolute best ways to help the show. And if you would like to support the podcast a little bit more, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. There is a link in the show notes below. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll be back next week to discuss Lucy does a TV commercial.